0: Hello, and welcome back to ASD A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm your host, Kat Lee. Last time we began an exciting new series ASD and Co occurring Disorders. Dr. Gutstein defined co-occurring conditions and explained their impact on our children. In today's show we continue that conversation with a discussion about eating disorders and more. I'm going to bring in one of the co-occurring disorders that I think kind of ties to why RDI and our focus has to be first and that is eating disorders. Our son, had a really limited diet uh, when he was little, and uh, my husband and I uh, really pursued. I think what turned out to be a pretty, uh, without having RDI yet, uh, went well when we did learn about RDI plan for him. Now you know he'll he'll try anything, and his his diet is very vast. But I remember uh, when I started uh, thinking about this from an RDI perspective. And his trust in us as his guide when he was a little boy, and in working toward trying other foods, and and I can remember one specific thing when we went in the pantry, and I I showed we showed all the different things that could go with all the things he did, <laughs> and and trying things together, it really changed his perspective on food. And the reason I link the the two is I I think we get one before the other sometimes, and some of these. Uh, co-occurring disorders, the trust and the guide has to come first right. in building that relationship, and then you can actually address these things. But
1: that's another example. Eating disorders being another example like anxiety disorders, depression, of things that really are more of a, a, a result of the of of ASD than you know that that sort of go along come along with it from birth, so to speak, because as you point out the the eating the, the restricted eating. Think about restricted behavior, restricted actions that need to want to, you know, close off and limit the world that feels overwhelming. You know, one of the powerful ways you can do that is to limit your, you know, you have control over what you put in your body. And especially if you don't have control over much else, right, you can influence that. You can not eat it and limit what you eat. Um, and so, and the other thing is if, if you're in a, um, sort of stability maintaining mode at all costs, you don't have any curiosity and curiosity is one of the reasons we try new things, right? Why else? Hmm. I want to see, I'm interested. Let me see what happens. I want to explore. And so if curiosity is not on your mental menu, why are you going to start trying new things? Right? Why are you not limited? So there's, but, but again, that's because you, you know, you, uh, what ASD has done, which is, and we, we believe is that it's, 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 you haven't been able to activate that growth seeking mode that is so basic to development. And as you point out, once that gets activated, then you can start to approach food in different ways, which is, oh, are you curious? Would you like to see how that ends? And the child says, yeah, you know, can't hurt. <laughs> and it might be interesting to see, right? Mm-hmm. And so you start to, you know, curiosity starts to become more prominent, right? And the desire to explore and to find out and to expand. And so, you know, it changes the whole nature of these type of eating disorders. And you know, the same thing with anxiety disorders. There are some children who probably are born genetically with a high predisposition to anxiety, but there are others where um the anxiety is definitely secondary to, you know, the idea of a world being um for them Uncom- incomprehensible, overwhel- potentially always overwhelming, always disorganizing. And you know, I use that concept, and it's not my term, disorganization, a lot of developmental psychologists use it, of the experience of being disorganized is not just, it's not not knowing where your papers are, it's not that type of disorganization, it's a mental disorganization, if I can't make sense of anything going on, it's just, you know, it's a horrible feeling. It's like, oh, um, nothing's making sense here. I've lost any way of anchoring what's happening to my prior experience. It's like everything's different. Everything's unfathomable. That's what we mean by disorganization um, internally, which is a horrible feeling. And if that is a a frequent state, if that's your default state that you're trying to deal with, that's going to impact a lot of things. And that's what we believe happens in ASD, is that it becomes a default state rather than you know, for us, for people not ASD, it's it's a, uh, a state that we sometimes go into when we're challenged, when we're sort of stuck with something, but it's not the way we walk around every minute of the day, right? So that when it does happen, it's, you know, it's, we can bear it. We, we can say, oh, well, okay, that's interesting, I don't know what's going on here, <laughs> and, and we get through it. We have a lot of history of going through it, but if that's your default state, in other words, if that's how you're spending, if that's how it feels, unless you take actions to Avoid that to push it away, it changes everything that you're doing throughout the day, changes every aspect of your behavior. And so, a lot we have to look at those quote unquote co occurring things, whether they're restricted, repetitive behaviors, rituals, OCD like symptoms, and some anxiety symptoms. And we have to say, wait a minute, you know, are we seeing eating disorders? Are we seeing this reaction, this person's, this is their attempt to head off that default state of disorganization? Or is it something else? In other words, do they actually have OCD genetically, you know, along with their ASDs? That's a pretty hard thing to do sometimes. You really have to figure that out. Now, one of the things that RDI helps you do is, it's interesting to me because once the children start to be growth-seeking and they start to trust their guides and move, then you can see if they still have these other problems or not. And then you can say, well, okay, that's still, that's a separate issue. That is a co-occurring issue. It's not a reaction to, you know, having ASD. And I think that's a very important thing to learn, right? And and to understand. Otherwise, you you may go about treating things in, in a way that makes things worse.
0: Thank you, Dr. Gutstein, and thank you for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, and our special series, Autism and Co-Occurring Conditions, a podcast show where we tell you what is going on in the mind of your child, and we do continue to encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.